What's up, guys? This is Bee's Nest, a pop culture and lifestyle podcast. You can catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor.fm. And if you do, please subscribe, rate, review. Be so kind of you. Today's episode is brought to you by Kat Yanika Jewelry. In addition to creating gorgeous handmade jewelry, the woman behind the brand, Kat herself, is such an endlessly cool person that she's going to be on an upcoming episode because I'm dying to know all about the creation of her label and how she honed her talents. Because they're the kind of talents that no matter how deep I can dig into myself, I will never find anything close to that. So keep an eye out for that show coming down the pipeline. You should also check out Kat's Canadian-made original pieces at katyaniga.com. That's Kat, J-A-N-I-G-A dot com. And use promo code Bees Nest Podcast to get 15% off. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by Sabrina Maddo, a freelance columnist who not only writes some of the best articles I've ever read for places like the National Post, Refinery29, and Vox, including her own newsletter, but she's also a noted Halloween enthusiast. I think it would be fair to call it an obsession at this point. But as a Halloween baby myself, there is nothing I appreciate more than a deep love for the best day of the year. Yes, best day of the year is Halloween, and no, I won't be taking a vote on the topic. Her and I are going to be talking about that love, plus some of our favorite scary movies, and we'll also be drafting our top picks for a hellish team made up of some of the best horror movie villains of all time. Who's going to be drafted first? You got to listen. I couldn't think of a better person to record a Halloween episode with. During the recording, she was actually sitting in front of a few iconic horror movie posters that she has framed and hung up. Even her name is perfect for the day. Who doesn't love Sabrina the Teenage Witch? I've always said I love Halloween, but I think in Sabrina, I may have finally found my match. Today's talking to myself is going to be a short one because it's just a bit of a reflection on being born on a quote-unquote holiday. And yeah, I know, it's not technically a holiday. Although how awesome would it be if everyone had Halloween off? I can only imagine it's kind of the same thing that you might feel if you were born on Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day or good Lord Christmas Day. It's weird, right? having your birthday on a day that people traditionally party their asses off. As a kid and as an adult, friends are always expecting you to do something for the day. And not just a regular something. For me, it's always a costumed something. My parents threw a multitude of costume parties for me when I was young. You're going to hear about a notable one later in the show. But as an adult, it's really hard to muster the energy for it. Throwing a party is one thing, but coordinating one with costumes and specifically themed decor and food is a pain in the ass. Throughout my 20s, I either had to plan something and give everyone enough notice so they wouldn't make better plans, or I would just glom on to whatever insane plans they already had. That usually necessitated in buying tickets to some huge bash and pretending that that shindig was also my birthday party, by the way, no big deal. 
didn't always work out. One year, I was stuck alone at night, trying in vain to find a cab on one of the worst nights of the year for cabs. And I ended up having to take a wildly expensive town car back to my dorm. Not great. I had to beg anyone I could find for a few extra dollars because this 60 bucks was just totally, totally out of my wheelhouse at the time. People always expect me to go above and beyond with costumes as well. Sometimes I did. Most notably was a all blue avatar costume years ago and a Cruella de Vil costume complete with a fur coat. Those are some of my favorites. But I'm way too much of a last minute person to do anything that's too above and beyond my means. Even this year, when I conceivably had all the time in the world to plan for something and slowly accumulate any little pieces that I needed for the perfect look, I didn't do it, didn't happen. I'll probably just go as a TV character that I can accessorize out of my own closet for. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. There's always one of my go-to favorites is just straighten my hair, black dress, red lipstick, boom, Morticia Adams. Anyway, that's just a few thoughts on the subject of my birthday and Halloween. Columnist Sabrina Maddow is joining me, and we're going to get into the holiday. She's going to talk about it better than I ever could. And we're going to do that right now. Hey, Sabrina, what's up? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Considering 2020, I can't complain. That's fair. We all are trying, but we're all in the same boat. And Halloween is coming up, so that's something to look forward to. All that matters. I'm so excited to talk to you because you're such a Halloween gal. I, I like am. to fancy myself a Halloween gal, but I don't think I'm at your level. I'm a bit of a freak. I love that, though. I've, I've always called myself a Halloween connoisseur because Halloween is my birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that gives you some cred right there. It does, but it doesn't. And you will learn why as we talk about your love of Halloween. How did you, st I mean, obviously Halloween is so easy to love, but when did you notice it was a problem? <laughs> when it was, I wouldn't say it's a problem. That's going a little bit far. Uh, I've always loved it though. Since I was a kid, my mom always decorated big for all the holidays. So I guess I probably inherit it from her. Uh, and then ever since university, like I was really into throwing theme parties and Halloween to me is the ultimate theme party and everyone loves dressing up. There's so much decor to buy. Um, and it's just grown over the years to the point that I now have a ban from my fiance on buying any new Halloween decor <laughs> because it won't fit in our condo and we're out of storage space. Uh, so anything new I get, I have to sneak in the house. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I love that you're like, but I'm still just sneaking stuff in. It's fine. Just, just small things. Yeah. I used to, when I was younger, because it, it's my birthday, I would throw like Halloween parties as my birthday party. And there's one year my mom always throws in my face where I had all the kids dress up and like right at the last minute, I decided I did not want to wear a costume. Whoa. <laughs> like a psychopath. <laughs> That's, well, it's your birthday, you know. What a power move. 
That is a power move. That's like some big dick energy right there. <laughs> so proud of myself. But look, I dressed up to do this. I love them. That's I awesome. My spider web leggings. And I'm wearing all black and red lipstick. I like it. I, I wish like I'm, I'm in an enclosed space or else I would try to have like the dry ice fog behind me, but probably so top. My most, one of my biggest COVID disappointments is after Halloween last year, I bought an indoor fog machine at like 50% off and it was a really big, exciting thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I was looking forward to using it for my annual Halloween party this year, but there will be no party. So I guess I'll be sitting in fog alone. <laughs> I did see, so you've posted some videos and photos of your insane setup that I can't believe is in a condo because it looks like a haunted mansion. And there was fog in the video that you posted. So you are getting a little bit of use out of it. A, a little bit of use. Uh, and yeah, I just love going all out. Even in a condo, I make it happen. Honestly, one of my dreams for home ownership is that I could actually have a yard to decorate because I would be that house on the block that everyone knows and it becomes like a YouTube sensation and I probably go bankrupt from buying too many animatronics, but it'd be worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's all for a good cause. What's been your favorite costume that you've pulled off? Ooh, that's a tough one. You know, I've never done anything too crazy costume-wise, but I'm really into Alice in Wonderland, so I have a great Mad Hatter costume that I love. Nice! I also like going back through the decades and doing something nostalgic from, like, the 70s or 80s, but, you know, I, I need to up my costume level. I'm a bit more of a decor girl myself. I love that, though. I've tried to get a bit more into decor this year, um, the year that nobody's going to see it. But I find that I just, and I have this problem with just like house decoration in general, like interiors, where I see something, I like it, and I buy it, whether or not it matches with anything else that I have going on. So I have like really elegant Halloween ceramics mixed with horrifying rubber faces and a fake cat that I always think is a raccoon on my porch. Raccoons are scary. <laughs> Toronto raccoon would be a good Halloween costume. That would be a great Halloween costume. Everybody would know exactly who and what you are. It's true. But you know what the good thing about Halloween is? You can mix and match. You can have the high and the low, the like chic with the dollar store rubber. Like, you go, girl. You make it your own. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. My best costume that I did one year, and I will never top that kind of energy and commitment ever again. I went as uh, an avatar from the movie Avatar. And I remember I this. Yeah, right? I have this on your Instagram. I still post that photo because I'm still living off that high. But I had a girlfriend who was a makeup artist, and she did my whole face blue. She painted my hands blue, and I had the blue bodysuit and the wig. And I had a blue tinge to my face for, like, four days afterwards. That, that makeup was a bitch to get off. That will happen. Worth sure. it. But that was a good costume. I remember seeing that and admiring your commitment. Thank you. But I definitely had the college years where I would just slap on a blonde wig and some form-fitting lingerie shirt with leggings and go out and be like, I'm Lady Gaga. <laughs> the like sexy devil, sexy cat years. We, yeah. we all had those. I mean, yeah. you, you only live once. There's a time and a place for that. Unfortunately, that time is in my past or fortunately, maybe. <laughs> 
One year I wore a tracksuit and put on bunny ears and was like, I'm a lazy playboy bunny. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. A little bit of creativity. I never mind when I get like teenage trick-or-treaters to the house if they come up with something like that. Like one year, one kid said he was a pedestrian because he was dressed normal. And I was like, oh, A plus on the word use, kid. Can't. I that. I mean, I'm all for trick-or-treating at whatever age. Like, let the teenagers do it. Let them have that. Right? Don't egg my house. Take the candy. Especially now with COVID, like, we'll probably owe kids a few years back payment when it comes to candy. So yeah. let them do it. It's COVID this year. Last year was a monsoon. Yes. These I've kids brought- are getting screwed out of their candy. So if I see anyone on the street this Halloween, I'm chucking like a whole bag. And it's always a bit tough in Canada because I don't know if you, when you were a kid, my mom made me be whatever I was, but with a parka basically. Yeah. So I'd be like Sailor Jupiter with a parka and mittens. Yes, kind of- Sailor Jupiter, the brunette. <laughs> yes. You know, when you're at that age where you just identify with characters based on your hair color. Totally. I'm still a Belle from Beauty and the Beast gal. Brown hair, brown eyes, likes to read. There you go. That's my queen. Half the costume already. Right? And yeah, I would definitely have to wear the chunky jacket over the the costume. Yeah, it kind of killed the vibe, but I mean. (laughs) How will people know that I dream of genie if I have to wear track pants over the sheer genie pants? Oh, it's it's a problem. It is. You also love scary movies. I do. This is where we're going to break apart as as Halloween connoisseurs. Because okay. I get too scared. I don't love scary movies. My Halloween lineup is like Hocus Pocus, Casper, Adam's Family. <laughs> and then it stops. <laughs> you made it to three. <laughs> I watched Scream for the first time like two years ago. Wow, late bloomer. Yeah, I can't, I don't like jump scares. Things that are are supernatural kind of freak me out. I don't love the serial killers that just murder girl after girl after girl. Fair. But also, I I like the classics. I'll do Psycho, Get Out. Get Out is not a classic. That came out three years ago. It's but a, I just want to get out for the first classic. Time. Yeah, it's a new classic. I meant to say The Birds. And I just jumped ahead to my new favorite, which is Get Out. So basically, if anything's like so old, it's in black and white, you can muster up the courage. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Well, you're, or, you're just a few decades behind, but you'll get there eventually. Yeah, I'm either in the children's aisle or I'm in the black and white classics. So name me all of your big ones, and I probably will not have seen them. For Halloween, I do have to agree with you that the ultimate Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus. Yes. So I'll give you that. And as a child, that movie is terrifying. It gave me nightmares when I were, was like five or six, like Billy with the sewn mouth. That's genuinely freaky. I'll give that to you. Thank you. I, I would call something like Hocus Pocus gateway horror. Okay. Like, has some scary elements and usually it's the sort of thing children watch because before they become horror fans in your case still work still working on the horror fan but for me i love to rewatch the 
Michael Myers Halloween series every year. I mean, speaking of classics, it doesn't get much more classic than that. I love the Purge series. Um, no, too much for you? <laughs> I think it's great. There's some fantastic costumes and makeup, so you can enter through that realm. But I also think it's just increasingly a really good commentary on where we are as society and that's what makes it so freaky like it's that aspect the commentary on the bigger landscape that does it for me yeah and what else do I like do you like genuinely being scared when you watch these movies do you like that heart racing palpitation that it brings out yes I do enjoy a good jump scare definitely there's something about the adrenaline like you come away on a high but I also just like the feeling of being really creeped out. Like my favorite type of horror is the horror that really makes you think or it leaves you with a lot of discomfort because it's playing on some very real fears. Mm -hmm. And for me, the, the best horror like makes a bigger commentary. But I also love horror comedies. So I like things like Gremlins. I like Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which I would highly recommend because it's not scary, scary. Okay. There's some blood, but it's funny it's I can do blood yeah you can do blood yeah. uh yeah I love all of those and another favorite I watch every year for both Halloween and, and Christmas is A Nightmare Before Christmas yeah that's yeah. a good classic. that one I can get away with as well although I went like a decade without watching it and it's way more disturbing than I originally remembered <laughs> like they could never make that movie for children these days no you wouldn't get away with calling it a children's movie no, they're talking about chopping up Santa Claus, and, and I love the soundtrack. I also listen to the soundtrack all the time. Yeah, Tim Burton movies across the board always have a great soundtrack. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include a few of his. Um, Edward Scissorhands, I know, takes place around Christmas time, but mm -hmm. I, I deem that as a scary-ish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has... Dark elements. I don't know that I would, again, I would call that a gateway horror. Okay. I like that. I like Sleepy Hollow. That's a horror. I would say Sleepy Hollow is a horror. Yes. I have, okay, so those kinds of movies, I'm fine to watch. I'm super brave about it. I don't even get scared. If I'm going to do like a Halloween or a Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm watching it at like two in the afternoon. All the lights are on. The sun has to be out. Like, it's rainy and dark today, so I wouldn't be able to get away with a daytime watch. But I just need to be reminded, like, it's not dark outside. Nothing's coming to get me. We're all good. Oh, I'm the opposite. I set the mood. Like, I like to watch at midnight, turn oh. down the lights, maybe put on a few spooky candles. Ooh. That's my horror movie watching vibe. I did. So Get Out was the only... And it's, I know it's not technically classified as a horror movie. It's like a social thriller. No, see, I say it is a horror movie. Excellent. This is like such a pet peeve of mine. A lot of movie critics and film people like to classify actually good horror movies as thrillers because it's, they don't think there's such a thing as a good horror movie, essentially. Mm -hmm. So because horror has been so trashed for years... And because we went through a period in the 80s and 90s of kind of like really campy slashers, people think that's all horror is. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is being labeled a psychological or social thriller. 
but if it's made to freak you out and made to like invoke discomfort and terror, that's horror. So for me, Get Out is horror. Yes, I'll take it. So that one I did watch by myself at night. I did have all the lights on, but darkness in the windows behind me. And I do this thing where I watch these kind of scary movies and you know how you can kind of sense that something, some shit is about to happen. Mm-hmm. I just like lower the volume almost all the way. And I just really brace myself for the jump scare that's coming. And then it happens and I raise the volume and I'm like, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. That's when you go to get a snack. <laughs> that's okay. Thank you. You made it through. You know, I can sympathize. I still get a lot more freaked out when I watch horror movies in movie theaters or when I used to watch horror movies in movie theaters <laughs> pre-COVID. What a time. Uh, there's just something about the big screen and the surround sound and it's like truly pitch black. And you're also reacting on everyone else's fear and suspense around you. Like that can get me sometimes. I, I wouldn't go watch a horror movie in a theater alone. Like, I need someone to hold on to and grip a bit too tightly. Okay. I saw the first Saw in theaters, and I saw The Hills Have Eyes in theaters. And Hostel. So you're doing pretty good for someone who (laughs) claims to have no horror movie cred. But I'm telling you, 90% of all three of those movies were watched from underneath my jacket. And every so often, I would, like, push the flap up and be like, oh, my God, is that her eyeball? And then just bring it right back down. But you were there. You can say you did it. Thank you. I'll give you credit. What a great support group. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything, is there, are there horror movies that you watched and you hated? Anything that you were like, that wasn't even scary? Or that was, like, a little too much torture porn, which that, I can't even mess with that genre. Yeah, I'd say the one genre that I don't love is torture porn, which it became really popular in the early 2000s. And it was actually a reaction to 9-11 and the Iraq war and Guantanamo Bay. And that's why it played off a lot of those torture themes. Mm -hmm. Um, But even with that, I found a lot of them didn't have any true intelligent commentary. A lot of them just overly victimized females and portrayed them as stereotypes. And just for me, I I don't get off on the gore aspect. I'm not super into the blood. So Mm -hmm. if that's the only thing a movie has going for it, it's just not for me. So the hostels of the world, like, aren't my favorite. Yeah. It's also so annoying when they just keep churning out the same thing over and over. Like, hostel, Saw is into, like, five or six now, I think. Yep. There's a lot of had three or four. I'm with you. When a franchise goes past its best before date, I don't love that. Like you brought up Saw. The first Saw, even the first like three Saws, I loved. I think it's super smart, unexpected. At the time, it was something completely different. But once you start getting up in the numbers, you you fall off that track. Yeah. So what what would you say is the difference between something like that and like you mentioned you love all the Halloween movies? Halloween is up into the teens, I think, at this point. Yeah, there are a lot of Halloween movies, but okay, some are better than others, to be fair. But the early ones, first of all, are just classics of the genre. And the way they work suspense with the music and just Michael Myers being an iconic character that stalks so slowly, he, he only ever walks. He doesn't speak. 
there's like no real huge backstory and he still manages to be so frightening. I love yeah. that. And of course, Jamie Lee Curtis is the ultimate final girl. So have to give her respect for that. Uh, but when they brought it back with, there was a new Halloween movie a couple years ago now that again, cast Jamie Lee Curtis, but much older now, I thought they had a nice refreshing take on it and they injected some humor and I don't know, maybe just the nostalgia in me. I love yeah. the Halloween movies. No, for sure. I, I always have respect for if they're going to bring it back, they're going to do something different with it. Here's Lori, and she's older now, and she's ready for Michael. She's been living a recluse life up in the woods. She was I ready to it. kick ass. And you don't see a lot of older women in the horror genre, so I thought that was pretty cool. Now they're going to do another follow-up, and that worries me because I'm like, <laughs> maybe the one. That was good. You hit the marks, but we'll see what they do with it. Yeah. I did, you know, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I would have loved to have seen her kicking his ass, but the trailer with somebody's teeth coming over the bathroom wall, that's where I was like, no, thank you. Hard pass. It wasn't that scary. <laughs> but I understand. I understand. Give it time. Thank you. Nah. We talked about drafting our ultimate teams of horror movie villains. Yes. What kind of parameters are you thinking that we should stick to? I'm pretty open. Like, I'm going to give you some leeway. Okay. You're allowed to use, like, dark and spooky characters. <laughs> Thank you, because I was, I was talking about a few of them out loud, and people were like, those are not horror movies. <laughs> well, we'll see. If, if you bring up anything truly off the wall, then I might have to uh, get a referee involved. Okay, yeah. I do. I have alternates, just in case you deem any of my picks illegal. Okay. Perfectly fair. Um, so you are the guest. I will let you draft first. First pick overall. Go ahead. I have to go with Michael Myers. Nice. Nice. Like I said, he's the ultimate horror villain. He has the size. He has the determination. He's relentless. He's basically immune to injury. Like, he's been through fires, decapitations, <laughs> everything under the sun, and he always comes back. So you know he's gonna stay in the game. Now, I don't know how coachable Michael might be. He seems a little resistant to any sort of uh, therapy or feedback, but that's something we'll just have to work on. Yeah, he's a, he's a silent type though. You're not gonna get any back talk from him. No back talk. And you know, maybe that will make him a better team player. Okay. All right. Excellent first pick. He knows his way around every single weapon out there. Great knife skills. <laughs> Top of his field. And like, you know, the walking thing, he's never gonna tire out. Good endurance. You're right. He can just keep going and going. He's like the energizer bunny of horror. I love it. Now I'm second guessing my first pick already because I'm like, damn, that was, that's a solid guy. My number one pick is going to be Carrie White. Ooh, I like and it. Carrie. She's a bit of an emotional tsunami. Yeah, that's a risk. She's been able to put up with a lot of shit over the years, though. It took her into high school before she fully snapped. So, you know, she's got a line somewhere, but it's pushed back a little bit. But all the stuff with her mind, she sets fires, she can lift stuff up, throw bodies around. 
I like that. I, it's the kind of thing you don't see coming. From far away, she's just a skinny, timid little high schooler, but... She's easy to underestimate. Mm-hmm. That can Very, be an advantage. Yeah. She's not afraid to kill her own mom if it comes down to that. Ooh, and that takes a cold heart. <laughs> she is ruthless. She's ruthless, my girl. And if the end of Carrie, which by the way, obviously with this draft, there's gonna be a ton of spoilers from movies, so. <laughs> this Turn is away. the official warning. <laughs> if the end of the movie tells us anything, she's got the possibility of coming back from the dead. Yep, that's a great quality in a team player. You know, I like her. I, I like that one, that was a good pick. Thank you. I'm going to go with Hannibal Lecter. Oh, gotta take him off my board. He will be the brains of the operation. He can definitely psychologically profile any of his competitors. He knows how to break down their defenses. And you know what? He's a physical threat as well. He's both mental and physical. Now, his only downside is that he might eat other teammates. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big one. You gotta watch out for that. But otherwise, I... I I see him as maybe the captain of the team. That's a fantastic pick. And even outside of all of the devastation that he can cause on poor, poor civilians, he seems like he would be a great dinner conversation. He, he appreciates Very uh, yeah. sophisticated. He can help out with wine picks. I mean, he's a great cook. Just don't ask what you're eating. <laughs> He can also be the team caterer for those halftime snacks. He would bring some really elevated halftime snacks. A great pick. And you know what? You need someone who's going to be a great conversationalist like him when you have Mike Myers on your team. Exactly. I think they will play well together. Like if anyone can coach Michael Myers, it's Hannibal Lecter. Great pick. All right. My second pick, I'm going to go with Billy Loomis. Ooh. From Scream. This one is a little bit just because he's so beautiful. <laughs> you need a face of the team. You know, I needed a good looking guy who's gonna rally the rest of us and really push us to do our best. He's a true psychotic. I respect that. That, I cannot argue with that. He waited a year for one crime to affect his next victim and to strike again. That is excellent, excellent waiting skills. You know, it's often about the long game. They say it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> and he has that mentality down. Yeah, he's got the patience for this murder spree game that we're playing here. And I respect that. And he's not afraid to wear a costume and look a little stupid. That's important. Maybe he can double as the mascot. Exactly. Exactly. So, I like him. I'm a little worried about having him and Carrie in the same house. I feel like she can be a little easily influenced by beautiful boys, but I will be there to oversee. Yeah, as long as there's adult supervision, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, Billy's, Billy's all mine, Carrie, back up. Third pick. I am going to draft Death from Final Destination. <laughs> because it's death. I mean, you can't beat death. 
Enough said. I mean, the downside for death is death is kind of a sore loser. Does not take losing well and can be a bit vindictive, but we can work around that. Wow, what a pick. I did not see that one coming. Death himself, damn! Okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what where to go from there. Exactly. All the rest of my picks suck compared to death. No, I'm sure, I'm sure you've got a few more up your sleeve. She's just not as evil and scary as death itself, but my third pick is going to be Rose Armitage from Get Out. She doesn't actually do any killings herself, but she is the one that lures all of the innocents in so that their conscience must be sucked in to the sunken place. That is horrifying. She is evil. And it's good to have that sort of distraction, you know, while your your carries get the job done, she's luring them in so they don't see Carrie coming. Yeah. There's a part in Get Out when she's on the phone talking to uh, her boyfriend's friend who's worried that he's gone missing. And she, her voice sounds worried, but her face is dead. She has no feelings. She has no emotions. And my other two picks, Billy and Carrie, can be a little emotional. So I need someone who's dead inside. To ground them. I like that. That is a strong pick. And might I say, quite a beautiful house I have going so far. Really pretty team. You could have a reality TV show. <laughs> but he's just so beautiful and young. Fourth pick, over to you, Sabrina. I'm going with the gremlins. Nice. Little animals in the team, that's fun. Yes, similar to Rose, they can be underestimated. They look all cute and like they might be a good pet, but then they're going to attack and they're going to be relentless. They're very good with electronics. It's important to have some tech know-how. <laughs> the downside is, well, they can't be exposed to any bright light or sunlight. So we're gonna have to have games at midnight in a blacked out gym, mm -hmm. but I think they're a strong pick. And they're numerous, they can multiply. So they can fill just about any role. You always need those role players. That's a sneaky pick. One person, but it just multiplies into multiple gremlins. All right. Okay, I'm gonna pull from my alternate list because my first three, all beautiful and psychotic, but I need someone who's really going to bring horror to the team. So I'm going to go ahead and grab for my fourth pick, Pennywise the Clown from It. Because he's going to take on everyone's worst nightmare. The shape of whatever you fear the most. I have to say he was on my list too. So I'm down with this pick. Very good draft. And he has a very high body count. He has taken down thousands, if not millions, of children over the years. Uh, and you know, it takes a special something to make children your main target. Right? That's a special level of evil inside of you. Yeah, it's hard to compete with that. Plus, he just has that freaky clown factor. People hate clowns. Yeah. He's cool to hide out in a gutter, 
getting wet and damp. He's so not a diva. He's going to put in the work for our team. So we appreciate that. That's solid. I really think Pennywise takes your team to the next level. Thank you. Thank you. I do too. He's going to be, he's going to be one of our stars. I can feel it. Your poster boy. <laughs> and he comes with his little balloon too. That's good for team spirit. Team spirit. We're going to be throwing parties. We got the balloons covered. We got the clown covered. Damn, I want to be in your house now. <laughs> you have the last pick. Who are you rounding out your team with? I'm going to round it out with Nancy Downs from The Craft. Oh, I didn't even think of The Craft Girls. Yep, she, first of all, has killer style. So she's going to look good on the court. She has access to the most powerful magic in the world. She knows how to use it to prey on people's nightmares and fears. Now, she can be a bit emotional, but you know, who isn't? We can overcome that. And I'm, she's a teen girl. Nothing scarier than a teen girl. Especially <laughs> one with high emotions and low impulse control. <laughs> yeah. She might be, she might be your wild card, but I think the rest of your team is going to be able to rein her in. When yeah, she can go either way. Like she might get suspended at some point in the season, but I have faith. I, I think Hannibal could work some charm on her. Yeah, Hannibal is so charming. He's going to work your whole team. Oh, okay. I have two. I am ping-ponging between for my last pick. Mm. It's hard because I have two guys and two girls right now. So it's not even like, well, I have a lot of testosterone on the team. I need to round it out. But Okay, I'm going to go with, and this is because you stipulated at the beginning of this game that I could. I'm going to go with Winifred Sanderson from Hocus Pocus. I'll allow it. Thank you. She is the ringleader of the three witches from that movie, so I know that she's able to lead a team. Mm -hmm. Again, like a lot of these, it's crazy, a lot of these psychopathic killers, high emotions. Sometimes, sometimes if you hurt her feelings, she can go a little bit overboard and really spin out. But she's also, she's killed probably hundreds, if not thousands of children. True. That's a she'll get along well with Pennywise. They will love it. They can give each other tips, practice together. But she can also kind of take on the role of being the mother to the group. And none of the team are actual children, so she won't want to murder them. That's important. That's, That's good important. because I have been kind of bumping between Damien from The Omen, but yeah. it's too risky to have a kid on my team with Pennywise and or Winifred. Yeah, that could go south real fast. I like Winifred, and she can put a spell on everyone. That's her thing. Spells. She's great pipes. She can sing when there's a lull in the season and we need a little bit of entertainment. Or the national anthem. You have that baked into the team now. Great, great. We don't need to get any outside help for that. And she's just, she seems like a fun time. She's down to party. She'd be good on and off the court. Yeah. I like her. I like, that's a strong, that's a strong team. Thank you. Give me your names one last time. I have Michael Myers, 
I have Nancy Downs, Hannibal, The Gremlins, and Death. Death. Man, what a pick. That was the pick of the draft. I can't believe you didn't go first overall with Death. Well, I knew that he probably, he, you know, not too many people are scouting Death. Yeah, that's a great point. So I thought I'd sneak him in in the middle. Got him for a great price, I'm sure. <laughs> great price. <laughs> My final team is Carrie White, Billy Loomis, Rose Armitage, uh, Pennywise the Clown, and Winifred Sanderson. Who were some of your alternates in case I stole death out from under you? I also could have gone with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. He's one He's of He's a true maniac. He's very witty. Great puns. So good for Team Spirit. He'll get you even when you sleep. Yeah. There's no running from that guy. Yeah, and he's another that just keeps coming back. Yeah, that's a good one. He was one of my alternates. I also had Jack Torrance. Ooh, The Shining. That's my favorite horror movie. Oh, my God. Excellent, excellent choice. But why Jack Torrance? I'm curious. I didn't think he'd be a good team pick. He's not a good team (laughs) pick at all. I think he would... After a few practices, would probably go nuts and kill all the rest of us. But it's really hard to pass up a young Jack Nicholson, personally. That, I, that just keeps getting into some of my picks. I got the Billy Loomis for that reason as well. You have some personal motives for picking. I do. That's, that's why I left him off the list, off of my draft picks, because I do think Jack Torrance would have gotten me into trouble. Yeah, you're going to end up the next Me Too story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't going to go well. He was actually, like, originally on my top picks. And giving it second and third thoughts, I didn't think it would go well. But I think I have a pretty strong... The same superpowers or skills as some of the other picks. Yeah, he's just a maniac with a knife. And I already have one of those. Yeah, you can't double up on skills. You got (laughs) to diversify. That's key. See, you get it. Those are great teams. I would love to see movies with all those psychos in them. Yes. Or like I said, a reality show, like Big Brother Horror Villain Edition. Instead of getting evicted, you get killed. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think would come out on top from your team? I mean, it's hard to beat death, right? I think death has a pretty strong case. If not death, then Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah. Never underestimate underestimate that man. And, you know, whether he's the Anthony Hopkins version or the Mads Mikkelsen version, he's he's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I think a good therapist or psychologist with the wrong motivations can be a very scary thing. Yeah. Oh, he could get all the other teammates to trust him. Yeah, like death probably has some issues to work out. And Hannibal could take advantage of that. If you can get Death to trust you and tell you all of its dark secrets. Yeah. It's over. I think How about I, you? Who do you think wins from your team? I mean, Pennywise the Clown has really, really strong strengths. <laughs> Turning into the thing that you fear the most is really hard to go up against. Yeah, he's he's got the supernatural edge to him. I think he would knock Billy and Rose out for sure. 
It's a hard call because Rose is dead inside. So is she even afraid of anything? That's true. He might be powerless against her. Yeah. Ooh. Im- imagine if it comes down to Pennywise the Clown and Rose from Get Out. An unexpected duo, but yeah, I see the possibilities. Yeah. She's, she's terrifying in that movie. You hate her so much by the end. That was a really good pick. I would not have thought to choose her, but the way you laid it out, she's a big threat. Yeah. And you, you how is he going to provide therapy for her or get into her deepest fears? She doesn't have any. She's going to tell him lies. Lies. She's going to flip the switch on him. Whoa. That's my girl. I love that. I love drafting things. Is there anything more fun than just coming up with all your favorite shit and picking the best ones? This is so much fun. (laughs) It's my new favorite party game. Right? Now, for your, instead of having everybody over for Halloween, just do a Halloween Zoom party. Get everyone to pick their favorite villains. And, I mean, there's only two of us, so it's a short draft, and it's harder when there's so many villains out there to pick other choices, like uh, each other's choices. But if you get... 10, 15 people in a Zoom call to do this draft? That's a fair, I, I might do this. You might have <laughs> just come up with my Halloween plans. <laughs> well, that was awesome. I had so much fun talking to you. I love anyone who loves Halloween and decor and costumes as much as I do. Me too. Anytime I find someone's a fellow Halloween or horror lover, like I jump on that. So I was so excited when you asked me to come on today. I like stuff like this because it kicks up my memory and I get to remember that I have seen scary movies like The Saws and Hostel and stuff. So I feel a little bit better now. Going into this, I was like, what am I going to tell her I like? Casper? Hey, Casper is... Casper is a movie. It is a movie. It's a horror movie, but it's, it's a movie. Ghosts. Yeah. But yeah, we discovered you have a bit more horror cred than you thought at the beginning. Thank you. There's potential. Thank you. One of my things that I do, just so that I can have conversations with people who are not total pussies and can watch these movies with no problem, I will read the synopsis on Wikipedia. I can probably regurgitate the plot to so many horror movies that I would never, ever watch. Because just the synopsis, I'm like, oh, this is fucked up. But I fall into a black hole where I just go into all these movies and I read the plot lines so that if people are like, oh yeah, I've seen I Spit on Your Grave, I'm like, oh, me too. Fucked up, right? So I have a question. (laughs) Have you seen all the movies that your teen picks were in? Okay. The (laughs) only one I haven't is It. I thought so. Did I describe him and you were like, that's not what he does? <laughs> no, you were very convincing. But now when you started saying that you read all the synopses, I knew it. I'm shocked you've seen Carrie. It's one of those classics. And yeah. the thing with those older movies too, I find, the first hour and 20 is just a normal movie. They can be very slow. That's actually my pet peeve with them. They take a long time to get to the gruesome stuff that usually turns me away. So, I don't 
know, maybe halfway through Carrie, I was like, this isn't even that scary. I don't know what everybody's talking about. I also read the book. So I went into it being like, we know when shit's going to go down. So if you read it in advance, does it make it less scary when you're watching it? I think so. Just because you kind of know what to expect. It'll probably look a little bit different than you had it in your mind, but you, you have time to prepare. I also haven't seen The Shining. What? Yeah. That's not, The Shining isn't even that scary. There's a couple jump scares and you're a writer. The Shining is the most accurate depiction of the writing process I've ever seen. Maybe I'm just afraid that it'll hit too close to home. And I'll be like, yeah, Jack, tell me about it. And you'll pull out your axe <laughs> and who knows what will happen. Face my husband around like, where's my pumpkin? <laughs> well, no one would blame you for that. But oh, you'll have to watch The Shining. Give it a try. All work and no pumpkin. Make Bianca a crazy bitch. <laughs> I just text that to my husband 40 times a day until Halloween. I love that. Thank you. I feel like I was going to name another movie. Oh, so um, not a horror movie, but a horror TV show, The Strain. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, so that is also a book that I read before watching. And I was talking about it on um, a podcast that I recorded a couple days ago when I was talking about favorite books. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. And The Strain was one of my top five books, and the book terrified me to no end. I had a period of time when I was halfway through it, for four or five days in a row, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, almost on the dot every single night, terrified that one of these vampires was in my apartment ready to kill me. And I had to like turn on the lights, go to the kitchen, go to the living room, just sit down on my couch, take a few deep breaths and be like, it's not real, it's not real. Guillermo del Toro is fucked up. So, but you liked the series? It was good? Yeah, the series was really good. And I think it was actually less scary than the book. Books can be more scary because, you know, it really taps more into your imagination. Yeah. And you add to the fear in your own mind. So a book can definitely, I think, stay with you longer than a series or movie can. Yeah. I still have not been able to reread that book. It just sits, I put it really high up on my bookshelf so that it knows I'm not disrespecting it. Yeah, you don't want to disrespect (laughs) the scary book. That's how horror movies start. That is how horror movies start. You have to respect all of these entities. If you walk into a scary house, you're just like, Hey guys, I know you were here first. I'm just here for a walkthrough. You guys are all good. Would you ever live in a house that people in your neighborhood thought was haunted? No. Okay. Good. No. And I would say the type of horror movie that scares me most are the paranormal ones or the possession ones that creeps me out. And I just don't think any house is worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Just you. not worth it. I've had so many arguments with people where it's like, would you buy a super cheap house if people had been murdered in it? That I might do. It would (laughs) depend on the house. (laughs) 
because there have been no confirmed hauntings or rumors of hauntings. I mean, you bring in like a sage stick, you smudge the house and hope for the best at that point. Have you seen real estate prices in Toronto, Bianca? <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do if I ever wanna get out of the condo. I mean, I would hope that they were like reasonable ghosts that you could say to them like, look guys, it's really hard to own a house in this neighborhood, okay? Let's just live cohesively. If you need some kind of a sacrifice every now and then, I will try to make that happen. Yeah, you gotta work it. something out. Yeah, let's just be a team about this. I won't try to have you guys exercise out of this house. Don't haunt me in my sleep. Like, let's be cool. Sounds like a good deal. You know, you hope yeah. that they're just reasonable about it. For the right house with the right lawn that I could decorate for Halloween, prior murders might be acceptable. They might love you for that. They'd be like, look, she's so into our culture. Exactly. <laughs> I'm practically one of them. Yeah. As long as you kept that shit up 365 days a year, you can live here. I would be totally okay with that. My fiance, not so much. <laughs> My husband's always the one who's like, yeah, I don't care how many people were murdered in that house. A good deal is a good deal. Like that. Good head on his shoulders. Oh, man. <laughs> Are you not down with murder houses? You, would have just, you know, I've seen poltergeist. It didn't end well for everyone in that movie. Yeah. Well, you know, every time, anytime you purchase real estate, there's pros and cons. There's you always a risk. Yeah. That's it could be a broken pipe. It could be a poltergeist. <laughs> you actually... There could have been people murdered in this house for sure, and they just never divulge that information. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. So sleep well on that. If I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, Sabrina, I'm gonna call you. Hey girl. You what you doing? I think a murder house is a good place to end this podcast. I feel like it fits in really well with what we've been working with. Yeah, Thank it you. leaves people with something to think about. Yeah. Would you live in a house where one, like, what, what would be your cap? How many people had to have been murdered in this house for you to say, mm, we'll keep looking? That's a good question. I, I, hmm. Maybe the cap is whether it was a one-time murder situation or, like, an ongoing murder situation. Yeah, like, if this is a serial killer's house or a cult house where people were killed or sacrificed over years... That might be a bit too much bad juju for me. Yeah. But if it's like an isolated incident, uh, I'll roll the dice. <laughs> One of those stories, like in the movie Chicago, like he had it coming. You're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I get it. Not all murders are created equal. I would have to learn the backstory, do a little research, and uh, weigh the pros and cons. Okay. Yeah. A th thought has to go into the murder house. That's fair. Thank you again so much for hanging out with me, Sabrina. I had so much fun. I'm going to have nightmares for days probably, but I will try to watch some scary movies in the daytime to be cool. Let me know. Give The Shining a go. I'm, you know what? I think I'm going to start with The Shining and work my way to the scary scaries. You can text or call if it gets too scary. I'll talk you off the ledge. Thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. You can catch Bees Nest, as I said already, on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And when and if you do so, please subscribe, rate, review. I'll love you forever if you do. Catch you next time.